away from China as opposed to calling it the Chinese virus. Come, come, come flu, the Chinese virus. Come, come flu, the, the, the Chinese virus. Don't you understand, you dumb son of a bitch, calling it come flu, the, the, the Chinese virus. Testing is a double-edged sword. They test and they test. People don't know what's going on. We got tests, they got tests. You do testing, you're going to find more cases. So I said to my people, people slow the testing down. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your ANCAP host, James Madison. And today we're going to be talking about a story that's a little old, but new details have come out recently. So I can finally do a deep dive on this. I've been following the story kind of closely since it happened. Texas, elect- Texas elected representatives have fled the state. This is a little over two and a half weeks ago at this point. They have fled the state to not vote on voter reform bills. Now, mainly they did this for a PR stunt, I imagine, to look good, and Kamala Harris greeted them at the tarmac when they showed up in the first place. Not only that, they have also brought COVID to the White House, and in a recent release from a White House whistleblower, it has been revealed that they were told, Jen Psaki and anybody else in the media related to the White House, was told to downplay the seriousness of of what they brought with them. Now, what did these Texas Democrats bring with them? Oh, it's just your friendly neighborhood Chinese-made disease made in China, COVID, the coronavirus, COVID-19, buddy. And they are officially a super spreader incident. Not only that, most of these people were vaccinated as well. More More on this to come in this episode of Inside Four Walls. This first story of many I'm going to be reading tonight comes from The Guardian. Texas Democrats flee the state to thwart voting restriction laws. The governor has convened special legislative sessions. The Democrats deprived the Republicans of quorum last month. Now, this article was published by Sam Levine in Austin, Texas, on Monday, the 12th of July, the day it happened. Again, this story is going on. God, that's actually about three weeks old now. Again, this, there's been a lot coming out about this as it's come out. Every time I've gone to make an episode, some new shocking revelation has come out about it, or some leak about it has come out. And it's just like, damn it, I want to make an episode, but I want my episode to be out of date. So now I feel like I'm at a point with enough information I can actually do a deep dive and it's not stale. So bear with me while I go through the old stuff and we'll get to the new stuff as we go. Into the article, published again by Sam Levine of The Guardian. Monday, the 12th of July, 2021. Article begins. Texas Democrats fled the state as part of an all-out effort to block Republicans from passing new restriction laws on voting in the state. The move, first reported by NBC News, now I wanted to use NBC News, right? NPC News. But what they did on their website was they had this pop-up where it's like, to continue reading, please allow ads. No. Nor will I pay for a membership. Nor will I allow you to have my cookies. Please use DuckDuckGo. Back to the article. The move, first reported by NBC News, escalates one of the most high-stakes high battle over the effort to make it harder to vote in America. First off, it's not to make it harder to vote in America, and voting in America should be hard. 
My personal opinion is service should guarantee voting. You shouldn't be allowed to just vote because you turned 18. You should have to do volunteer work for your community, not necessarily during the armed services, but if you do, hats off to you. You should have to give to your community, forced to have some form. If you want to vote, you should have some sort of emotional attachment to your community, to your country. You should do something that gives you a little bit more skin in the game than you were born 18 years ago and you came out your mom's cunt. That's just this humble journalist's opinion. Well, I'm wearing my punditry hat right now and not really journalism work right here. I'm more doing punditry work. But still, my opinion on the situation is uh, not the Texas Democrat thing because I have a whole bunch of goofy shit to say about that later. When it comes to voting, I believe you need to do some sort of volunteer work that helps your community. It's not right to you just to be able to go out and vote because you turned 18. 18 year olds have no fucking life experiences. You want to know what I did when I was able to vote for the first time? I voted on everything but the president. Because I looked at my ballot and I was like, well, one's a fucking Clinton and I'm not doing that. And the other one is this guy who, granted, he says some fucking hilarious shit. But he's kind of an untested rogue, you know. I, I liked him on The Apprentice. I don't know if I want him in the Oval Office. And that was probably the smartest thing I could have done. Now, in hindsight, I probably should have voted for the fucking mean Twitter, but... Oh, well, you live and you learn and you grow up. And then, sure, someone might put the counter article. Well, you know, they should... Actually, you know what? I like this counter article. I was going to mock it, but now, now I'm thinking about it. I like it. People have put forward the idea that you should have to be 21 to vote. That's fine. If you don't want to do the whole earning your right to vote thing, that's absolutely fine. You should have to wait till you're 21 in that case. Because you can't drink, you can't buy alcohol or any of that shit until you're 21. So why not make it till wait till you're 21 to vote? After all, how would you get a little life experiences before you decide what the life experience of this country going forward should be? <sighs> now... Yes, there is an issue with the idea of you being able to die for your country at the age of 18 but not be allowed to drink. Sort of. I don't. I think it should be a state-by-state -state basis where some states can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can be 18 and buy these cigarettes. I don't think the federal government should be putting any kind of fucking laws or mandates on that policy. But, and ignore the panting, clinking footsteps behind me, there is a adorable dog in this room. Hi. She's wagging her tail. She's looking at my hamburger. I made a burger for this episode because I was kind of hungry and got out of work. She's just eyeing like, mmm, burger. But I already gave her something, so she ain't getting no more. Anyway. Yes, there is some sort of hypocritical problem you could point out with the idea of, well, if you can die for your country at the age of 18, why can't you smoke or drink? I completely fucking agree. But again, drinking and smoking what you put in your body doesn't in, doesn't impact the country the same way your vote does in any capacity so it's always seemed like a very childish notion to say well if you know if, if you if you can't if you have to die for your if you can die for your country when you're 18 you know why why shouldn't you be allowed to drink and smoke i completely agree make voting age 21 unless you earn it through some sort of public service be it in the military or any other armed ranches or just helping out your local fire department. Something. It shouldn't be a, a thing that's just handed out to every citizen. If you look back at these founding documents, most of the founding fathers, including George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, felt the same fucking way. They also didn't like the idea of political parties because they thought it would draw lead to a divided 
divisive government in a divided, divisive country. They were right on everything, it seems. Anyway, enough about this rant. Back to the article. Lawmakers took off from a private airport terminal Monday afternoon. The Texas Tribune reported and were expected to land in Washington, D.C. early in the evening. It comes days into a special legislative session in Texas in which the Republicans are advancing measures that would impose new identification requirements on mail-in ballots and a ban 24-hour drive-through vote and a ban on 24-hour drive-through voting and empower uh, partisan poll watchers. What is wrong with that? You're going to paint in this bad light, but what is wrong with that? And if your thing is, well, to require voter ID, it's kind of racist. No. You know what's more racist than ask for voter ID? Assuming that people that don't have white skin cannot get ID in order to vote. That's fucking racist. I don't know a single motherfucker who has melanin in their skin that doesn't have an ID of some description. If you need an ID to go to the bar and get some fucking hooch, or to buy cigarettes, or go into a casino and gamble, why don't you need one to fucking vote? It's a simple goddamn question I ask you. Then again, these Democrats really like to project their inherent racism on the opposite party. After all, they'll have you believe that the Republicans were the party of slavery when that simply was not the case. It was the fucking Demonrats, I mean the Democrats, who had slaves. And fought to keep slaves. It was the Republicans that fought to end slaves. And had wanted to end slavery. Way before the Civil War happened. Though on a side note. It is interesting to see how things have switched. The North was a stronghold of Republicanism. Now a blue wet sack of pussies. And the South has gone hardcore right. I mean, they said the South would rise again, but I didn't know it would rise as a fucking elephant out of the mud. But yet, lo and behold, here we are. And don't think I'm giving Abbott a pass. Abbott is basically a fucking rhino. He's just saw that Ron DeSantis was doing all this good shit and getting all the publicity for it. And he was like, well, I can do that too. I may not be able to stand head and shoulders with the guy, but I can at least wheel up the podium, right? And man, I hope Alan West takes that motherfucker out in 2022. Alan West is the fucking man. Back to the article. Texas, a state Trump handily won in 2020. See, that was kind of my point earlier. Handily won in 2020 is already one of the hardest places to vote in the U.S. It is among a handful of states that do not have online voter registration, nor does it allow everyone to vote by mail. Voting by mail should not be a fucking thing. If you can't make it to the polls to vote, don't you don't get to fucking vote. If you can't register to vote in person, you don't get to fucking vote. The founding fathers didn't think voting should be a thing that we just handed out willy fucking nilly anyway, and yet here we are, handing it out willy fucking nilly. Mmm. Uh where was I? Okay. Does not allow everyone to vote by mail. Only allowing those who are 65 and up or have a disability, or who meet other criteria to do so, being voting online. Texas was among the states with the lowest turnout in 2020 as well. This is the second time Texas lawmakers have walked out of the Capitol to deny Republicans the required two-thirds quorum needed to conduct business. 
In late May, the Democrats walked out of a regular session in the legislature, thwarting an earlier version of the voting bill. Something that I wish the federal government worked sort of like how Texas government. You know, the Texas government only meets like once a month. They shut down every other day of the month, every other day of the year. They just meet once or twice a month to have some sort of session or meeting and have a little state of the union. And then they fuck off. Federal government should operate much the same fucking way. And again, I think it should be harder to vote. It absolutely should be. You should need to show voter ID. You should need to register in person. And it should be exclusively paper ballots. There should be no computers involved in this shit. Hand counted. Every time. Oh, but it's a pain in the ass. Good! Maintaining a democracy is not fucking easy. Nor should it be. In fact, the people who want it to be easier are lazy, self-awarding fuckwits. Midwits, dimwits, halfwits, and shitwits. You don't have an attitude this episode, can't you? Ah! You're fine. Okay. Republicans have pressed on with a similar version of the bill in a special session. Though, they dropped two of the most egregious pro, uh, provisions. A measure cutting early voting hours on Saturdays and another that would have made it easier for judges to overturn elections. Ugh, excuse me. The Democrats' decision, the Democratic decision to flee the state offered a jolt of energy to, a na- to the National Democrats, who have watched Republicans across the count- country use their majorities in state capitals to enact several, lo- several new measures to impose voting restrictions. Again, they are removing the mail-in ballots and... There's a difference between mail-in ballots and absentee ballots. Absentee ballots, you have to go out and request. Mail-in ballots are just sent to your fucking mailbox. I have a problem with mail-in ballots. I do not necessarily have a problem with absentee ballots. Though you should need to show ID to fucking get one. It's not a big ask, is it, sweetheart? Now, these measures that they have been pulling back and instating because different different outlets are going to use different language here. They are pulling back mail-in ballots. They are closing the extended voting hours. They are basically making things how they were originally before the 2020 bullshit. If you want to know what changed in 2020's election, read the great New York Times article called The Secret Cabal to Fortify the 2020 Elections. The first headline of that fucking article says... Trump, this is paraphrasing, but it essentially says Trump believes that there was a conspiracy to to, fortif- to keep the election from going in his favor, and he was right. In fact, hold on. I'm going to briefly read a little bit of this Times article, and again, when I originally read it, the episode got deleted, so now that some time has passed, I'm going to actually reread this article for an episode. And this is actually like a paragraph down. This is the second paragraph. And I'll begin. The second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the results. Corporate America turned on him. Hundreds of major business leaders and many whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies called on him to concede. To the president, something felt amiss. Quote, 
It was all very, very strange, Trump said on December 12th or December 2nd. Quote, within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint a winner, even while many key states were still being counted. In a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes. And again, I'll be reading the rest of this article in a future episode. But that's a literal fucking quote in that Times article. Read that article to find out what's actually, what was put in place. And what these Republicans are doing evilly and walking back. I say evilly in major fucking air quotes. And now back to the Guardian article I began with. The Democrats fleeing Texas plan to advocate for federal voting legislation while in Washington, NBC reported. Ugh, sorry. Drinking a bang and these things make me burp. But apparently they're healthier for any other energy drink in the market. Uh, <laughs> anyway, article. Quote, we are now taking the flight to our nation's capital. We are living on borrowed time in Texas. End quote. Democratic leaders in the state state's House of Representatives said in a statement, they urge Congress to pass the For the People Act, which is like H1R1, something like that. Sounds like a disease written by diseased individuals. The People's Act, which includes several provisions that would expand voter access as well as an updated version of landmark 1965 Voters' Right Act. And forgive me if I mistake any of these names and their pronunciations. Gilberto Hinojosa, the chairman of the Texas Democrat Party, supported the lawmakers as they left the state. Quote, we will not stand by and watch Republicans slash our rights to vote. Spare me, faggot. <clears throat> Quote, We will not stand by and watch Republicans slash our right to vote, silence the voices of Texans of color, and destroy our democracy, all to preserve their own power. Our lawmakers have refused to be complicit in Republicans' destructive acts. And they're doing what Texans need them to do. Hold the line so that not one more anti-voter law can pass in Texas. Really, they're doing what Texas needs what Texans need them to do by fleeing their fucking post. Yeah, that's what they needed to do. They need to be derelict in their fucking duties and abandon and not vote again. They're there to vote. They could have voted against this, and the people who voted them in the office would just be happy about it. Now what you've done, I'm going to, spoiler alert, you've made yourself fucking felons in Texas. I want them to send Dog the Bounty Hunter with his little beanbag gun to hunt them down. Beanbag gun, I said. In case you want to make me, uh, clip me out of context here. Bunch of facts. Now, you're not doing what the Texans need you to do. They voted for you to go in there and vote for their best interest, or what they believe their best interest is. To be leaving Texas on a fucking privately tax funded jet is not doing what they need you to do. Jesus. 
And, they, and on a side note here, can more Democrats reverse and just fuck out of Texas? Because y'all turn the state purple, and that's disgusting. Huh. With no quorum, Republicans in the... Back to the article. With no quorum, Republicans in the state legislature will, will be unable to proceed with any business in special sessions, which can last a minimum of 30 days. He's just, he's been just calling for more and more of these. He keeps enacting them more and more and more and more. And it only adds the penalties for their leaving. It only tacks on more penalties and more like severe consequences for their abandonment of their fucking positions. If they live long enough to get back, that is. Again, we're going into that in a minute. <clears throat> with no quorum, Republicans in the state legislature will be unable to proceed with any business in any business in a special session, which can last a minimum of 30 days. Democrats who flee the state face potential arrest, according to NBC News, as state Republicans can authorize law enforcement to haul the Democrats' legislators back to the states. Republicans did just that in 2003 when Democratic lawmakers fled the state in an effort to block new electoral maps that would have favored the Republicans. Of course it would have. Not favored the people voting, but favored the Republicans. Oh, I don't know. This thing is going to be really burpy. Quote, These actions put at risk state funding that will deny thousands of hardworking staff members and their families a paycheck, health benefits, and retirement investments so that legislators who broke quorum can flee to Washington, D.C. in private jets, said in a statement. Who said in a statement? Oh, I'm sorry. My thing jumped. Let me restart that. Dade Fillon, a Republican and Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives, said Republicans would use, quote, every available resource, end quote, under the state's constitution and rules of House to secure a quorum. The rules of Texas House allow legislators to authorize the Surgeon at arms to arrest lawmakers if needed to secure a quorum. Quote, these actions put at risk state funding that will deny thousands of hardworking staff members and their families a paycheck, health benefits, and retirement investments so that legislators who broke quorum can flee to Washington, D.C. in private jests, he said in the statement. Quote, these special sessions, clock, these special sessions clocks are ticking. I expect all members to be present in our capital in order to immediately get to work on these issues, end quote. As recent as last week, last week being when this article was written, there was not widespread consensus among Democrats on whether to flee the state, the New York Times reported. Some Democrats realized they could not block Republicans from passing new restrictions forever. Favored staying and fighting the legislations on procedural grounds. That's what these fucking pussies who fled the state were elected to do. It's good to see there are some Democrats actually doing their fucking jobs. They're rare these days, even though their policies are garbage. Where was I? Realizing the block on fighting legislative grounds. And proposing amendments... To win key concessions, the Times said. Some worried that fleeing the state would make it look like the Democrats were abandoning their legislative responsibilities. They were. 
Those in favor of fleeing have argued it would bring new spotlights to the fight over or the fight over voting rights in Texas. Translation It will put a spotlight on us and our soapboxes if we fuck off and don't do our fucking jobs. <sighs> Karma's a bitch, and I'll get into that soon. But not soon enough for my liking. <clears throat> 58 of the 67-member Democrat caucus are expected to flee the state, NBC reported. Republicans began advancing new voting bills on Saturday in a committee hearing that lasted into the early hours of the morning. Hundreds of people signed off to testify against the measures and waited hours to do so, like their fucking jobs would detail. There's a little sub-article in this article. We have a small favor to ask. Tens of millions have placed their trust in the Guardian. Oh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. That's the end of the article? Bet, that's the end of that article. This next article is from NBC DFW5, a local Texas news outlet. And again, I like going to these more local sources because they tend to tell you more of the truth than their bigger brothers in the national scale. Now, Vice President Harris says Texas House Democrats' walkout was a courageous and patriotic act. Published July 13th, the day after they fled, mind you, because the first article we read was published the day it happened, July 12th. (laughs) It was updated July 13th. Oh, okay, they updated the same day. Uh, At... July It was published July 13th, 2021, and updated on July 13th, 2021 at 6.19 p.m. Now, I have a little video here I want to play. I want you to listen to it because later on, we're going to read an article about how Kamala Harris said, Oh, I, I didn't meet with the Texas Democrats. Was it her? Her or somebody close to her said, Oh, they didn't actually meet. We have a whole video of them fucking meeting. And I'll be playing the audio right now. Welcome, and to say thank you. Um, you all know I've been traveling, and as most recently as yesterday when I was in Detroit and heard of your courageous stand, I talked about exactly what I believe about the courage and the commitment and the patriotism that you all have evidenced by your actions in addition to your work and your words. And I know what you have done comes with great sacrifice, both personal and political. And you are doing this in support and in defense of some of our nation's highest ideals. Reporters ask me, well, you know, what do you think about the issue? I say, look, defending the right of the American people to vote is as American as apple pie. I want to apologize real quick. That little you keep hearing, that's nothing on my end. That's part of this audio. 
So that might happen a few more times. I am sorry about that. And when I think about what you all have done, I'm going to just set this moment in the context of history. In 1867, Frederick Douglass appealed to the Congress, the United States Congress, for the right for black men to vote. 1913, women marched down Pennsylvania Avenue for the right to vote. 1965, Democrats and Republicans stood for the, 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 the absolute American principle of all people having the right to vote and pass the Voting Rights Act. And 2021, the Texas legislature came to Washington, D.C. Footnote at best. And as you all know, this is not an issue that is about Democrats or Republicans. This is about Americans and how Americans are experiencing this issue. And I have in mind that person who is working two or three jobs and needs to have the ability to early vote. I'm thinking about that single parent who has his or her kids in the back seat and needs to be able to have a drive through or a drop box to vote. I'm thinking about the American with disability who needs to have the option of voting by mail. This is what we're talking about. And you all know that. And you are fighters for exactly this point. And so I'm here to thank you and to have a conversation with you. And with that, I will say, see y'all later to the press, and let's let's have a good conversation. I want to hear how y'all are doing. All right, so I want to comment two things on what she just said. Other than the whole uh, history will not really give a fuck about them fleeing Texas at all. If anything, it will be made fun of in history books going forward. If it's nothing more than just a fucking footnote or maybe a little like, like, a, you know, when you're going through like your high school history books and that little, little paragraph, right? It's like a two, three, four sentence little thing that talks about like a smaller event in history. And it's like to see more go to page 182. You flip there, some kid drew a dick on the page. That's what it's going to fucking be in the history books going forward. Just so you fucking know. Right. And second off about that mother with her kids who need drive through voting. A bitch, you got parents or someone who can watch your kids, or better yet, bring your children with you so they can see what they'll be having to do in the future. Maybe turn into a learning experience, perhaps. Be like, listen, kid, here's a ballot. You color this little box in. This is for this thing. This is for that thing. You do the primary voting where you have to vote just straight one ticket versus straight the other ticket. Show them that. Explain to them why you have to do that. And then when it comes to the, like the big election every four years or the big election every two years show them that as well it's a learning experience you don't need to or alternatively crack the windows leave your kid in the car maybe leave a little bottle of water so they don't die of heat 
Oh, wait, we tend to vote in colder parts of the year. Not only that, a lot, I don't know about you, but most places that I've gone to vote are like, you know, you vote at like high schools, junior highs, elementary schools, fire departments. These places, kids can find shit to do. It's a gymnasium. Hmm. When I was a kid going with my mom to vote, I remember I'd, she explained to me every fucking time, we'd be like, oh, I'm going to go vote, and this is what it's for. It's to protect your democracy. You need to fill in this box. At a certain point, she knew I got it. So what did I do? I would go to these polling places, and I'd run around the fucking gym. Or I'd run around outside. I'd actually go out and play as a kid. Seems like that's something that's lost in this generation, sadly. Actually, on a little side note here, I was talking to my nephew the other day. And he was really angry. Like, like he was actually kind of fucking upset. And I was like, what's wrong, bud? Hey, what's wrong, H? That's his nickname. He was like, no one wants to fucking play outside, man. You know, everyone wants to play video games. I was like, dude, do you play video games? You love video games. He goes, I know, but it's nice out. You know, I want to go on the playground. I want to play fucking soccer and shit with my friends. But they all want to stay inside and play fucking computer games and shit. And it's just sad, man, because I remember when I was a little kid, that was something I had to deal with a lot. You know, Xboxes were just coming out when I was a kid. Everyone was just sitting there like, oh, dude, you want to play fucking Halo? And it's like, yeah, I want to play Halo, but let's do it at night or when it's a rainy day outside. You know, our fucking neighbor's got two playgrounds. There's a skateboarding park a little walks away. We can go over there. Make fun of the scooter kids. By the way, we don't make fun of scooter kids anymore. We really need to start making fun of scooter kids. They cannot feel like they're included even though they are. Right? They are second-class citizens in the skate parking world. Unless they can do some really cool shit on their scooters, and then they're, then they're completely acceptable, and you treat them with the respect you treat fucking borders. Anyway, at least you're in better respect and border. You treat these borders with better respect than Biden treats the southern border. Now, when you come out, they're like, or the person with disabilities who needs mail-in ballots. No, that person needs an absentee ballot, and they need to show ID to fucking get it. Or better yet, fucking shock horror, I've seen people in wheelchairs who can only fucking breathe, right? Like, they drive their wheelchair through their breath. They bring in their fucking RN with them, or whoever their home nurse is, into the ballot box. You know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna vote on their behalf. You know, they're gonna tell me what they want to vote for, and then I'm gonna fill in the blanks. Cast for them. That is something that has been done in this country for fucking ever. Or at least since people who can't walk or talk or anything have been allowed to live past 25 with medical advances in, you know, science and shit. Fuck. Okay. I go, what the fuck? How do I make this go away? Go. That's just part of my page? Oh, that's annoying. Okay. Now, we're going to begin reading this article. You've heard the footage. Let's begin. All right, I'll begin reading the article. Though, I am sad to say I was looking for someone, I was looking for the name of the person who wrote this article, but it does not seem to be listed, sadly. So, credit to whoever wrote this article. I do not like giving, I do not like reading articles and not crediting the person who wrote them. It feels wrong, and it feels, it feels wrong. All right, it's that simple. Article begins. Vice President Kamala Harris met with Texas, Democrat, Texas House Democrats in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday and called their special session walkout a courageous and patriotic act. Texas legislators left Austin Monday to break quorum and prevent Texas 
House or House from moving forward on the controversial election bill. Texas Democrats flood the state, and here's why. Harris said the action taken by Texas Democrats was courageous and patriotic, and one that is done in defense of the rights to vote for all Americans. Quote, I know what you have done comes with great sacrifices, both personal and political, and you are doing this in support and defense of some of our nation's highest ideals, Kamala Harris said. Quote, defending the rights of the American people to vote is as American as apple pie, and apparently as going vertical for your, or going horizontal for your career to go vertical, Kamala Toe. <clears throat> The vice president compared the actions taken by Texas Democrats to protect the voting rights of Texans to key moments in the suffrage movement throughout American history. On a side note, did you know a lot of those, a lot of most women back in the day didn't want the right to vote because they knew it would just open up the floodgates? I can read you articles on this. Maybe I'll do that later. There's actual, most women in America were like, we don't want the right to vote. Because we get the right to vote, that makes us accountable and having to do all sorts of other shit we don't want to do. And now y'all are part of the draft. How's feminism working out? <laughs> That's okay. Back rise on us too because you ladies are going to get most of us killed protecting your ass. Or we're going to be so fucking horny that we're not going to be able to actually fight. We're going to be busy fucking. Whatever. Going to labor on the battlefield, I guess. If your water breaks, we'll leave you there as a screaming distraction. All lives matter and whatnot. <clears throat> Harris said Americans need options when it comes to casting a ballot, and she praised the Texas Democrats for taking on the fight. I was for taking on the flight. Quote, this is not an issue about Democrats or Republicans. This is about Americans and how Americans are experiencing this issue, Harris said. And I have in mind that person who is working two or three jobs and needs to have the ability to vote early. Did you know, by the way, that if you tell your boss you have to, you need to go vote, they are actually in most states required to give you that time to vote. Or you can call and say, hey, I'll be late. I'm going to vote. And in pretty much every state, there is no consequences for that action. And if your boss does give you shit and or fire you for that decision, you can actually press legal matters against them. But yeah, Placate to the ignorant who don't know the most basic of policies and laws in this fucking country. By all means, Camblato Harris. Ah. Back to the quote. And I have in mind that person who is working two or three jobs and needs... Also, who is working two or three jobs this day and age? Most people, it seems, are just getting paid by the fucking government $16 to $18 an hour to not fucking work! God! Most... I saw some crazy shit earlier where it's like 65% of Americans are on unemployment and not working in any capacity right now. And meanwhile, people are like, oh, why? There's a shortage in labor. Why is there a shortage in manufacturing? Herder. Why is there a shortage in truck drivers and deliveries and doctors and cooks and fucking people bagging my groceries at the store? Where is everybody? At home. Collecting unemployment checks, not realizing they're borrowing from themselves and their future kids. Thank God most Democrats don't seem to want to have fucking kids. Unfortunately for all these good, hardworking kids in the future, they're going to be in debt because of you. 
fuck? And someone's gonna be like, well, we're just taking our own tax dollars. You took that already. We are making money. 80, what is it, like 45? I think it's now worth 55% of all money and currency was printed in the last 12 fucking months. You wanna know why? Because you've already borrowed your tax dollars. You are no better than the fucking baby boomers who are taking more out of Social Security than they fucking put into it. My audio levels for this episode are going to be off the fucking charts, and I'm not doing shit about that. You better have your fucking volume ready. Fuck! Into the article. Evan, mind the person working two or three jobs who needs the ability to vote early. I'm thinking about the single parent who has his or her kids in the back seat and needs to be able to have a drive through or a drop box vote. And I'm thinking about the Americans with disabilities who need to have the option of voting by mail. Again, they have absentee ballots and they need to show fucking ID to get those or to request them. Second off, like I said earlier, these polling places don't have an issue with you bringing your fucking kid in. You know how many times I've been at a polling place or the poll watcher or voting and all I hear is some kid fucking... We just roll our eyes and continue because we know we're not going to be there long enough to actually get annoyed by your fucking, your fucking cum pet. <laughs> keeping kids that having kids is keeping cum as a pet. <laughs> I love that fucking meme. And Kamala, the only reason you're thinking of the people who are handicapped is because you couldn't make them work for a dollar an hour from prison. If you don't know what that's in reference to. Please Google Kamala Harris making people work for an hour and extending prison sentences illegally when she was the attorney general for California. Really shady shit with this ugly cunt. Really shady shit with this bitch. Also, apparently they're trying to make it a hate crime to criticize Byron Kamala Harris, so uh, fuck that geriatric potato and fuck that biracial whore. Let's see if I can get on a list. If I'm not already on one. Ah. <clears throat> uh, Quote, this is what we're talking about, and all you know it. Let me try that again. Quote, this is what we're talking about, and you all know that you are fighters for exactly this point, Harris said. Quote, and so I'm here to thank you and have a conversation with you. Following her public comments to the House Democrats, Vice President dismissed the press. The press met behind closed doors with legislators. It's not known what was discussed in the private meeting. Because what is freedom of the press? If I was there, I would have shown my press credential and said, I'm not fucking leaving. And if you do make me leave, you better fucking believe I'm filming every bit of this conversation and you kicking me out of here against my will and against the Constitution. What is this? Alexander Hamilton having the fucking meeting behind closed doors in the room where it happens? Bullshit. Bullshit. This is the most unpopular vice president in American history having a shady conversation that comes back and bites her ass later. And we'll get into that soon. Ugh. Now we have a clip here from U.S. Senator John Cornye, a Republican, who had a different take on the walkout, calling it an embarrassment in a dereliction of their duty in a shameful political stunt, which it is. I'll begin the audio now. Just to come to Washington, D.C. The problem is, 
And really what's so sad is I don't think these legislators realize the irony in the situation. They are using their collective power as the minority party to stop a bill they oppose from becoming law. While doing so, they came to Washington to try to convince the president and Senate Democrats to nuke the very Senate rule that protects the rights of the minority. In other words, you might say a filibuster for me, but not for thee. And as a reminder, this is the second time they've denied the legislature a quorum this year. I think it's pretty obvious that this is nothing more than a political stunt. When these lawmakers skipped town with no plan for when they will return to their jobs in Texas. And frankly, the president under the Texas failed attempt to them. I'm advised that they were on. I, I had to rewind a little bit. Uh, then you can't see, well, you can only hear this video, of course, but then you can't see is in this picture of them on the bus on their way to the airport. I gotta get some ugly looking bitches. Now, you see luggage bags fully packed, right? And he's saying they clearly had no, you know, knowledge of when they would be coming back or had any plans on how long they would be staying in D.C. So they just packed everything they fucking could. These are loaded bags. But it's telling that these Democrats in this House of Representatives chose to race toward TV cameras in Washington rather than present their arguments in the legislature. And Mr. President, this is not without some risk to them. I'm advised that they were on federal property and referred to a website, which is actually a fundraising site for their efforts. We all know that there are limits, in fact, strict limits on any fundraising on federal property. So they may have crossed a line unwittingly or not. But this is simply an embarrassing dereliction of their duty and a shameful political stunt, as I said. They can't win, so they're doing the equivalent of, I'll take my ball and go home. Or in this case, I'm simply running away. But as Texans, standing up to a fight is part of who we are, even if you know in the end you may not prevail. But instead, they turned their backs, hopped on a private jet, and ran from this fight. Like our Democratic colleagues in Congress, Texas state lawmakers have tried to create a false choice between voter access and election security. I think it boils down to this. We should be making it easier to vote and tougher to cheat, plain and simple. It's disingenuous and a downright and downright false to claim that any effort to prevent fraud is a veiled attempt at voter suppression. We know that minority voters, voters of color, voted at unprecedented levels in the 2020 election. In my state, we had 66% of registered voters vote and the highest levels in history of African-American and Hispanic voters. So this idea that somehow that people who want to be able to vote can't vote, even though we ordinarily have two weeks of early voting, 
before the general election. We have mail-in ballots for people who are disabled or over 65 or who cannot other, who, or otherwise will not be in town on election day. And of course, we have election day voting as well. In 2020, we had 11.3 million Texans cast their ballot. Like I said, 66% of registered voters. The last time I was on the ballot in 2014, we had 4.8 million voters. 4.8 to 11.3 in six years alone. So believe me, there is robust voter participation and nothing the Texas legislature is considering will deny people with a legitimate right to vote an ability to cast their vote. And that's appropriate that they should do so. There are other additional items on the governor's call for this special session, including things like bail reform, family violence prevention, and of course, our the Democrat House members by fleeing town and by coming to Washington in this political stunt are abdicating their responsibility to deal with these other issues as well. It's not just about election law reform. It's about these other issues like bail reform and family violence prevention. I believe firmly, and I'm, I'm confident I'm in the majority of my constituents, my 29 million constituents, that they actually expect us when we run for office and when we get elected, they expect us to show up for our jobs and not take part in a highly orchestrated and ethically dubious act of political theater. Mr. President, I yield the floor and I note the absence of a quorum. Clerk will call the roll. Again, that was Senator John Cornyn, a Republican from Texas, criticizing House Democrats. I love the quote. They can't win, so they're doing the equivalent of, I'll take my ball and go home. Or in this case, I'm simply running away, Corn said. Quote, but as Texans standing up to fight is part of, but as Texas standing up to fight is part of who we are, even if you know in the end you may not prevail. But instead, they turned their backs, hopped on a private jet, and ran from this fight. Mind you, on their on taxpayer dime, by the way, the taxpayers who elected them in the first fucking place. There's always no question, Dominion, that is. <clears throat> Defending the voter bill, Abbott, who's the governor of Texas, sorry, I'm just catching myself back up. Defending the voter bill, Abbott said, the premise the Democrats are operating under is false. The premises that the Democrats are operating under is false, that the Texas bill doesn't hinder anyone's ability to vote and instead adds additional hours that polls would be open. Abbott said during the televised interview, the hours for voting will be expanded during both early voting and on election day. Democrats say that the Republican bill includes outlawing 24-hour polling places. There shouldn't be 24 hours to begin with. And banning ballot drop boxes and empowering partisan poll watchers. There are poll watchers and poll challengers, a representative from both sides of the political aisle who go there to make sure everything's being cast normally they were kicked out in the 2020 elections on november 3rd 
Kobo Hall comes to mind immediately when I think of poll watchers and challengers being removed. There were Democrats poll challengers who were like, wait, why am I being kicked out? I'm part of the scam. What the fuck? And again, I when I was going to town hall, right, drop some mail off and pay him for the water bill. Or what's that? That's a town hall. Is it a town hall? Whatever. Um, the ballot drop thing was literally just a Ziploc bag taped to the drop box. Just taped there, a scotch tape. I took a picture of it. Uh, maybe I'll make that the thumbnail of this video if I can fucking find it. Earlier Tuesday, President Joe Biden delivered a long-anticipated speech on voting rights and referring to them as a, quote, test of our time. The president's full speech can be seen below, and I'll be playing that video unedited. Though I might jump in here and there when he says some stupid autistic shit. So, I'm not just going to play this clip unedited. It is 23 fucking minutes, and I'm going to watch some of it, but I'm going to get him to do other shit because I can't sit here and listen to the potato longer than I fucking have to. Sucks to be you guys. Video begins now. The National Constitution Center, sitting in the place where the story of we the people, we the people began. The story that's neither simple nor straightforward. That's because the story is the sum of our parts, and all those parts are fundamentally human. And being human is to be imperfect, driven by appetite and ambition, as much as by goodness and grace. But some things in America should be simple and straightforward. Perhaps the most important of those things, the most fundamental of those things, is the right to vote. The right to vote freely. The right to vote freely, the right, the right to vote fairly, the right to have your vote counted. The democratic threshold is liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, nothing, nothing. And for our democracy and the work and to deliver our work and our people, it's up to all of us to protect that right. This is a test of our time, what I'm here to talk about today. Let's think about the past election. A 102-year-old woman in Arkansas who voted for the first time on the very spot she once picked cotton. Tell about your wife? 94-year-old woman in Michigan voted early and in person in her 70, 72nd consecutive election. You know what she said? She said this election was, quote, the most important vote that we ever had. The daughter who voted in memory of her dad, who died of COVID-19, so others wouldn't have the experience of pain and darkness and loss that she was going through. What was that? Hold up. Did he just say this bitch voted for her dad who died? I think that's legal. The most important vote that we ever had. The daughter who voted in memory of her dad who died of COVID-19. Okay, so voted in memory, right? Like, like he, she just voted the way that she voted for herself the way he thought he'd vote. Let's hope that doesn't mean that she voted using his name and shit, right? Let's hope that's not what that fucking means. But I'm thinking that's what that fucking means. I don't want to say like it's absolutely saying she voted for her father who died of COVID. I want to make sure that that's not what I'm saying. I think that's what he's saying, though, right? Like, I don't want to use too much conjecture here, but that's what I got from that. 
Others wouldn't have the experience of pain and darkness and loss that she was going through. What? Patients out there. And the, and, and, and the parents. The parents who voted for school, their children will learn it. Sons and daughters voted for the planet they're going to live on. Young people, just turning 18 and everyone who for the first time in their lives thought they could truly make a difference. America, America, and Americans of every background voted. They voted for good jobs and higher wages. They voted for racial equity and justice. They voted to make health care a right, not a privilege. And the reason that Americans went to vote and the lengths they went to vote, to be able to vote this past election, were absolutely extraordinary. In fact, the fact that so many election officials across the country made it easier and safer for them to be able to vote in the middle of a pandemic is remarkable. As a result, in 2020, more people voted in America than ever, ever in the history of America in the middle of a once-in-a-century pandemic. More than 150 Americans of every age, of every race, of every background exercised their right to vote. They voted early. They voted absentee. They voted in person. They voted by mail. They voted by Dropbox. And then they got their families and friends to go out and vote. Election officials, the entire electoral system, withstood unrelenting political attacks, physical threats, intimidation and pressure they did so with unyielding courage and faith in our democracy with recount after recount after recount court case after court case the 2020 election was the most scrutinized election ever in american history challenge after challenge brought to local state and election officials state legislatures state and federal courts even to the United States Supreme Court, not once, but twice. More than 80 judges, including those appointed by my predecessor, heard the arguments. In every case, neither cause nor evidence was found to undermine the national achievement of administering the historic election in the face of such extraordinary challenges. Audits, recounts were conducted. In Arizona and Wisconsin, in Georgia, it was recounted three times. It's clear for those who challenge the results and question the integrity of the election, no other election has ever been held under such scrutiny and such high standards. The big lie is just that, a big lie. election. It's not hyperbole. Suggests the most examined and the fullest expression of the will of the people in the history of this nation. This should be celebrated. An example of America at its best. But instead, we continue to see an example of human nature at its worst. Something darker and more sinister. 
In America, if you lose, you accept the results. You follow the Constitution. You try again. You don't call facts fake and then try to bring down the American experiment just because you're unhappy. That's not statesmanship. Hold up. Everything you're complaining about is basically what the Democrats did for the entire four years of Trump. I mean, Russiagate was three fucking years of a four-year presidency. And an impeachment that wasted some 400 million taxpayer fucking dollars. That's just, that's doing everything you just fucking complained about, you old cunt. You fucking walking brainlet. Jesus. Yeah, but continue to project. It seems to be something the Democrats actually do successfully very often. Projection. That's not statesmanship. That's selfishness. That's not democracy. It's the denial of the right to vote. It suppresses. It subjugates. The denial of full and free and fair elections is the most un-American thing that any of us can imagine. The most undemocratic most unpatriotic and sadly not unprecedented from denying enslaved people full citizenship until the 13th 14th and 15th amendments after the civil war to nine women the right to vote until the 19th amendment 100 years ago to poll taxes and literacy tests and the ku klux klan campaigns of violence and terror let's hear that the ku klux klan the ku klux klans the Ku Klux cans? What a bastard. Denying women the right to vote until the 19th Amendment 100 years ago. The poll taxes and literacy tests and the Ku Klux Klan campaigns of violence and terror. The Ku... The Ku Klux Klan campaign. Buddy, you're literally friends with the guy who was the Grand Wizard of the KKK. What's his fucking name? Let's look that up real quick. David Duke. I don't need to look it up. It's David Duke. Biden's literally friends with David Duke, who was the fucking Grand Mage or whatever the fuck these fags call themselves. Wizard geeks. Fucking Dungeons and Dragons playing nerds of the clan. You're one to talk, Biden. Then again, you said the Ku Knox can thing. The fuck? It lasted in the 50s and 60s. To the Supreme Court decision in 2013, and then again just two weeks ago, a decision that weakened the landmark Voting Rights Act. To the willful attacks, election attacks in 2020, and then to a whole other level of threat the violence and the deadly insurrection on the Capitol on January 6th. I just got back from Europe. Actually, something I want to add to this. Biden said not too long ago, that if you want to take down the government, you will need M-16s and nukes, maybe. Meanwhile, he's the same president saying, our country's foundations were almost destroyed by a bunch of unarmed people waving Trump flags and wearing goat horns on January 6th. Pick one! God, it's like Schrodinger's political threat, ain't it? On one hand, you have January 6th, which is simultaneously the most dangerous, violent act of domestic terrorism ever. On the other hand, you would need nukes 
and again, a bunch of unarmed people on January 6th protesting and demonstrating inside of a building after hours, a public building after hours, is this great act of threat of domestic terrorism. On the other hand, he also says, you would need missiles and M16s and maybe some nukes to fight the government. Come on, man. Pick one. God, you delirious old fuckwit. G7 and the NATO. Yeah, the G7 summit where you were absolutely walked around and treated like a dog, dude. B- fucking the British Donald Trump. What What's his fucking name? Johnson? Something like that? Boris Johnson had to tell you, shut the fuck up, basically, because you were like, don't forget to introduce the prime minister of Africa. And he was like, I did, mate. And then he starts, he does like the hand thing where he's like, shut up. The little hand wave you do to kids that don't be quiet. He does that to Biden. Biden's like, oh, I got you, man. <laughs> and then he walks into a fucking cafe, all lost and bewildered. And everyone starts asking him questions and laughing at him. Then his wife comes and fetches him and walks him out like the little lap dog he is. Furthermore, the G7 summit is what led directly to him getting challenged to a live debate by Putin, where he got absolutely bitched. And there was no public whatever. So it's actually, as far as I know, that challenge, the debate behind closed doors with Putin was really more of a no- negotiation. Let's face it, a couple days later, what happened? Biden shuts down the fucking pipeline in America. What's that big pipeline? I can't think of it right now. He shuts down the big pipeline in America that made America a net exporter of energy and oil. And then gives fucking Russia permission to fucking open up their pipeline to the U.S. and sell to Europe? What the fuck? Ugh. I wonder. Not a joke. I wonder, you are bro. A joke. If you ask me, is it going to be okay? Citadel of democracy in the world, is it going to be okay? Time and again, we've weathered threats to the right to vote and free and fair elections. And each time, we found a way to overcome. That's what we must do today. Vice President Harris and I have spent our careers doing this work. And I've asked her to lead, to bring people together, to protect the right to vote in our democracy. And it starts with continuing the fight to pass H.R. 1, the For the People Act. How do you know it's going to be a bad government act? It's named something uplifting. For the People Act. Which is going to make it harder for people, you know... It's going to make it harder for a fair election to fucking happen. Same thing, you know, you, like, you go through this, you go through, like, ghetto-ass neighborhood, Section 8 houses are always named for the nice Harmony Manor, Pleasantville, Heaven's Gate. All these lovely-sounding places are really just shit heaps. So if it's named something nice-sounding, it's probably a fucking trap. suppression in the states get dark money out of politics give voice to the people at the grassroots level create a fair district maps and end partisan political gerrymandering last month republicans opposed even debating even considering for the people's act senate democrats stood united to protect our democracy and the sanctity of the vote we must pass the For the People Act. 
It's a national imperative. We must also fight for the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act to restore and expand. Restore and expand voting protections to prevent voter suppression. All the congresswomen and men here, there's a bunch of you. You knew John, many of you. Just weeks ago, the Supreme Court yet again weakened the Voting Rights Act and upheld what Justice Kagan called, quote, a significant race-based disparity in voting opportunities. court's decision, as harmful as is, does not limit the Congress's ability to... Yeah, uh, feeding on the same topic, I love how you're like, the Supreme Court failed me. Yeah, just like how they failed you in that fucking uh, eviction moratorium or renter's moratorium, and now you're just using Congress to illegally pass shit. ...the damage done. That's the important point. Puts the burden back on Congress to restore the Voting Rights Act to its intended strength. As soon as Congress passes the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, I will sign it and watch the whole world see it. Biden, you will sign anything put in front of you if somebody tells you to sign it. Let's not pretend we don't have this fucking great clip of you being like, I don't even know what I'm signing. Here, let me just play it real quick for you. I don't know what I'm signing. Let's see, is this it? I have that clip right here. I have it down to reduce speed so you can hear it as well as possible. Joe Biden will sign in those famous 50 executive orders. It says, I don't know what I'm signing. But Nancy Pelosi says, sign it anyway. Let's hear the clip. Let's play that one more time. A little slower. See if that makes it any more easy to understand in here. I don't know what I'm signing. Sign it anyway. Normal speed for fun. Hopefully, that comes through as clearly as possible. But if you need to know where to find it, just to confirm I'm wrong or right, it's VOA News. The clip is called Inauguration. Biden signs his first official documents as U.S. President. Look that up. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. I dare you. And if it wasn't for him wearing a fucking double-layered mask, it would have been a lot louder and easier to understand. But if you're sitting there thinking, surely Nancy Pelosi wouldn't say just sign a bill into order. 
She wouldn't just sign a bill in order, right? Well, we have a clip here from 2010 leading into the executive order that passed Obamacare. Let's hear what a younger Nancy Pelosi looks honestly the same age as she does today. Let's hear what she has to say, folks. She surely wouldn't say we have to vote for her to see what's inside it now, would she? Especially not after giving a half-ass, bullshit, barely coherent description of what's in it. And this is from Free Propaganda on YouTube. We're very, um, you've heard about the controversies within the bill, the process about the bill, one of the uh, items. But I don't know if you have heard that it is a legislation for the future. Not just about health care for America, but about a healthier America. Where preventive care is not is not something that you have to pay a deductible for or out of pocket. That prevention, prevention, prevention is about diet, not diabetes. It's it's going to be very, very exciting. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it, away from the fog of the controversy. Hmm. We have to vote for it to see what's in it. Interesting. And here I was thinking that she wouldn't just say sign something in, just vote for something without knowing what's in it. Yet, hmm, seems like that clip says quite the other thing now, doesn't it? So we now return back to the clip I was playing earlier of Joe Biden talking about the Democrats who fled Texas. I rewound it back a couple minutes so we can hear it in its full context and get a reminder where we left off. Legislation is one tool, but not the only tool. And it's not the only measure of our obligation to defend democracy today. For example, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that the United States Department of Justice is going to be using its authorities to challenge the onslaught of state laws undermining voting rights in old and new ways. Focus will be on dismantling racially discriminatory laws like the recent challenge to Georgia's vicious anti-voting law. The Department of Justice will do so with a voting rights division that my request is doubling its size and enforcement staff. Civil rights groups. Civil rights groups and other organizations have announced their plans to stay vigilant and challenge these odious laws in the courts. In Texas, for example, Republican-led state legislature wants to allow partisan poll watchers to intimidate voters and imperil and, and impartial uh, poll workers. They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them. To wait longer to vote, to drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and convenient that they hope people don't vote at all. That's what this is about. This year alone, 17 states have enacted, not just proposed, but enacted 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Not to mention, and catch this, nearly 400 additional bills Republican members of the state legislatures are trying to pass. 
21st century Jim Crow assault is real, unrelenting. We're going to challenge it vigorously. While while this broad assault against voting rights is not unprecedented, it's taking on a new and literally pernicious forms. It's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Who gets to count whether or not your vote counted at all. It's about moving from independent election administrators who work for the people to polarized state legislatures and partisan actors who work for political parties. To me, this is simple. This is election subversion. It's the most dangerous threat to voting in the integrity of free and fair elections in our history. Never before have they decided who gets to count. Count. What votes count. Some, some state legislators want to make it harder for you to vote. And if you vote, they want to be able to tell you your vote doesn't count for any reason they make up. They want the ability to reject the final count and ignore the will of the people if their preferred candidate loses. And they're trying, not only targeting people of color, they're targeting voters of all races and backgrounds. Just with a simple target. Who did not vote for them? That's the target. It's unconscionable. I mean, really, it's hard to... It's hard to declare just how critical this is. I thought I'd formulate that it's thought. Unconscionable. We've got to shore up our election system and address the threats of election subversion, not just from abroad, which I spent time with Putin talking about, but from home. From home. You spent time talking about it with Putin behind closed doors. I have a little quote here from from an article from Politico. And it's from Max Wood. He's a Democrat and the former CEO of DEC, which is a progressive data analysis company. <clears throat> Let me just read you this quick little two paragraphs. All right. I'm super worried, said Max Wood, founder and CEO of DEC, a progressive data analysis company that, ana- that analyzes voting behavior. Quote, I try to be optimistic, and I don't think there are times when this kind of stuff can galvanize enthusiasm and turnout. But I don't know what if it will be enough, especially with how extreme some of these voter laws are. Democratic efforts to model midterm turnout under the new laws retained in their infancy. But even without a sophisticated understanding of the practical effort or the practical effect, there is widespread fear that the party isn't doing enough to counter these efforts or preparing for the election conduct on conducted under, in some instances, a dramatically different set of rules that governing voter access, quote, if there isn't a way for us to repeat what happened in November 2020, we're fucked. We're fucked, says Ness Ufoot, CEO of Stacey's Abrams-founded New Georgia Project, quote, we are doing what we what we do to make sure that not only are congr- what Consti- 
Neptunians? Whatever. Our base, the people, and the communities that we organize with. Get it. We're trying to make sure that our elected officials get it as well. Yeah. So, why is Biden talking so much about these horrible voter bills and so on and so forth? It's because they know they're fucked in 2022. If not a little bit sooner than that. Now, I'm not one of these people that say Trump's going to be in by the end of 2021. He's not. He's just not. It's just not going to happen. You batshit lunatic. I mean, I agree with your politics, but... Jeez, if you really believe Trump's going to be reinstated by the end of 2021, you are fucking delusional or smoking the shit fucking Mike Lindell used to smoke. I probably should have said that. I'm trying to get press access to his fucking event on the 10th. <laughs> oh, I should have a link to his podcast, too. I may be fucked. Anyway, let's get back into this bullshit. Must ask those who represent us at the federal, state, and local levels... Will you deny the will of the people? Will you ignore their voices? We have to ask, are you on the side of truth or lies? Fact or fiction? Justice or injustice? Democracy or autocracy? That's what it's coming down to. Which brings me perhaps the most important thing we have to do. We have to forge a coalition. Americans of every background and political party. The advocates, the students, the faith leaders, the labor leaders, the business executives. Raise the urgency of this moment. Because as much as people know they're screwing around with the election process, I don't think that most people think this is about who gets to count what vote counts. Literally, not figuratively. You vote for certain electors to vote for somebody for president. State legislature comes along under their proposal. They say, no, we don't like those electors. We're going to appoint other electors. We're going to vote for the other guy or other woman. Because here's the deal. In 2020, democracy was put to a test. First by the pandemic. Then by a desperate attempt to deny the reality and the results of the election. A pandemic the Democrats used to hone in and bullshit all these laws that didn't go through legislators first. They didn't. Mail-in voting, for example. People received doubles, if not triples, of these mail-in ballots without requesting them. What was the number? It was like 5 million returned. Uh, how many mail-in ballots were returned versus how many were sent? Were, let me try that again. Were requested. Oh, damn it. This is why I need to use DuckDuckGo more often.
Ah, oh, fuck. I'm having a hard time finding it. So, everything I'm finding is talking about, like, 2016, and I've added it in 2020. And then I'm getting, like, uh, AP News, multiple AP News articles talking about, about it. But they're all saying mail-in ballots have not yet been received. So, I'm not finding anything that's actually going to collaborate with what I'm saying. So, feel free to call this bullshit. But I believe it was, like, 5 million mail-in ballots were received. But only like a million and a half were actually requested. Again, so I couldn't find the numbers to back that up. Take that with a grain of salt, please, and thank you. Let's get back into the video. By violent and deadly insurrection on the Capitol, the citadel of our democracy. I've been around a long time in public life. I thought I've seen it all, or most of it all. But I never thought I'd see that for real. And in spite of what you see on television, and you saw it. You have senators saying it was just a day at the Capitol. Just people visiting the Capitol. Folks, we met the test. Because of the extraordinary courage of election officials, many of them Republicans, our court system, those brave Capitol police officers, because of them, democracy held. Look how close it came. I mean, for real, how close it came. We're going to face another test. I have something to add to this real quick. I don't know if you've been watching the bullshit show trials for January 6th have been going on with all these cops crying and everything. And then, uh, oh, I can't think of his fucking name. The guy who banged Fang Fang. Him. Calling these cops. You guys are winners. You guys won January 6th. You guys are brave. You guys were fucking failures. You failed. On January 6th, the Capitol Police were a bunch of fucking failures. They failed. People got into the building. People actually made it past you. You failed to keep them out. You were not winners of that day. You are fucking losers. State-obeying, boot-kissing, pathetic, feckless fucking losers. That's what the January 6th Capitol Hill Police were. Losers. A bunch of fucking losers. You had one job. Keep the people out. On one half of the building, you let people in. You held the door for people and took selfies. On the other hand, you couldn't keep a group of unarmed people out of a fucking building. While you had shields, mace, tear gas, and rubber bullets. You were failures. You failed at your task. And all the reason these politicians didn't entertain that you're good guys and you're winners is because they want to look fucking good. Make no mistake. If for some reason a Capitol Hill police officer is listening to this right now and you were there that day, you were a failure. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Back to the video. A new wave of unprecedented voter suppression and raw and sustained election subversion. We have to prepare now. As I said time and again, no matter what, you can never stop the American people from voting. They will decide. And the power must always be with the people. That's why just like we did in 2020, we have to prepare for 2022. We'll engage in an all-out effort to educate voters about the changing laws. Register them to vote, and then get the vote out. We'll encourage people to run for office themselves at every level. 
We'll be asking my Republican friends in Congress and states and cities and counties to stand up for God's sake and help prevent this concerted effort to undermine our election and the sacred right to vote. So, yeah, when you were talking about preparing for 2020 or preparing for 2022 the same way you prepared for 2020. Joe, were you meaning something like this? Secondly, we're in a situation where we had put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Secondly, so is that what you had in mind when you said we need to prepare for 2022 the same way we prepare for 2020? I'm just fucking curious. I don't know what's happening. I'm not doing any editing right now. It's just the audio cut out. Let's rewind that a little bit. Just It'll do it again, too, because I, I had nothing to do with that. Oh, come on. Fucking load. It was about as fast as Joe Biden's brain loads a thought. We do a fun countdown. Three, two, one. Zero point one. Zero? Yeah, what the fuck? Did it just crash on me? The hell? And again, this is on NBC DFW5. Vice President Kamala Harris says Texas Democrats walk out was courageous and a brave. You can watch this video yourself. First, if it doesn't load anytime soon, I'm just going to move on to the next one. Seneca Falls understood this. 
the brave, heroic, foot soldier of the Civil Rights Movement understood this. So must we. This isn't about Democrats or Republicans. It's literally about who we are as Americans. It's that basic. It's about the kind of country we want today. The kind of country we want for our children and grandchildren tomorrow. And quite frankly, the whole world is watching. Folks. I'm not being sentimental. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just giving it to you straight. As I promised I would always do. Lay things out on the line and honor your trust with trust. So hear me clearly. There's an unfolding assault taking place in America today. An attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote and fair and free elections. An assault on democracy. An assault on liberty. An assault on who we are. Who we are as Americans. For make no mistake, bullies and merchants of fear, peddlers of lies, are threatening the very domestic. See, it just cuts off. I don't know what that is. I don't know why it does that. Um. Does it come back? I'm giving it a second to see if it loads up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's not. Hold on, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> Alright, yeah, it's just not working. It cuts off there for some reason. I'm just going to move on to the next article. As soon as I said that, it started playing again, so... Merchants of fear, peddlers of lies, are threatening the very some domestic... Oh my god! What the fuck? Cuts off again. The assault on free and fair elections just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The Confederates, back then, never breached the Capitol as insurrectionists did on January the 6th. I'm not saying this... Calling what happened on January 6th an insurrection... By the way, no one's being charged with insurrection, by the way. No one, not even the dude who had his foot on Nancy Pelosi's desk. They're getting slapped on the wrist, wrist 
misdemeanors for the most part. And the only guy who got a fucking actual felony charge is only doing six months, which is bullshit because he already did seven months where he had a fucking trial. Calling what happened on January 6th an insurrection is calling a Boy Scout soapbox derby a fucking Grand Prix. You dafty old Elmer Fudd droopy dog looking bastard. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. I'm also saying this. There's good news. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be for real. We have the means. We just need the will. The will to save and strengthen our democracy. We did in 20. We did in the 2020. The battle for the soul of America. In that battle, the people voted. Democracy prevailed. Our constitution held. We have to do it again. My fellow Americans requires fair-mindedness, devotion to justice, corny as it sounds, love of country, requires us to unite in common purposes, declares here and now, we the people will never give up, we will not give in, we will overcome, we will do it together, guaranteeing the right to vote, ensuring every vote is counted, has always been the most patriotic thing we can do. Just remember, our late friend John Lewis said, freedom is not a state, it's an act. Freedom is not a state, it's an act. And we must act and we will act. For our cause is just, our vision is clear, and our hearts are full. For we the people, for our democracy, for America itself, we must act. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. And all those who stand to watch over our democracy. So that was Biden giving a little talk now, wasn't it? So now we get to the part I've been absolutely fucking giddy for. I've been fucking hinting at this. I've been wanting to talk about this part. And I love this part. Now, just people have various views on what karma is. Some say karma is what goes around, comes around. Some say karma is just a mirror. Either way, this is the type of story that makes you believe in karma. Just a little bit, doesn't it? From the Texas Tribune. Six. That's six. The number six. The number of the day, kids, is six. Ah, ah, ah. The sixth Texas Democrat in Washington, D.C. tests tests positive for COVID-19. The Texas House Democratic Caucus, which has said it plans to not identify lawmakers who test positive, has started additional precautionary measures such as providing daily rapid tests by Cassandra Pollock, July 20th, 2021 at 11 a.m. Central Time. Ah. State Rep. Donna Howard, a Democrat from Austin, speaks to colleagues on the House floor of the Senate Capitol. Oh, that's what the picture is. Sign up for a brief newsletter. I'm not signing up for your brief newsletter. Okay. State Rep. Donna Howard, a Democrat from Austin, has tested positive for coronavirus, making the sixth case among nearly 60 House Democrats who traveled to Washington, D.C. last week to prevent passage of a GOP election bill 
at the Texas legislature. Quote, despite following CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, guidelines, and being fully vaccinated, I tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday, Howard said in a statement Tuesday, nodding that she was, quote, basically asymptomatic except for some minor congestion. Over the weekend, the Texas House Democratic Caucus has had five of its members who have tested positive for COVID-19. The members who tested positive, including State Rep. Celia Israel, a Democrat from Austin, and Trey Martinez-Fisher, a Democrat from San Antonio, have also been fully vaccinated and tested positive for the disease, or for the virus, sorry. The caucus, which has said it plans to not identify lawmakers who test positive, has stated additional precautionary measures, such as providing daily rapid tests. News of Howard's positive test was first reported Tuesday by Austin American Statesman. By the Austin American Statesman. The Dallas Morning News first reported news of the sixth case Monday night. A small percentage of the vaccine breakthrough cases, which involved fully vaccinated persons testing positive for the virus, have been expected, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But they did not discount the effectiveness of the COVID-19 vaccine, because of course not! Why would you? In a statement, Howard said that she will continue to work virtually and urged people to continue to get vaccinated. Quote, the Delta variant, which is, I mean, a scarier name, but is it really that big of a deal? There'll be a third lockdown over it. Make no fucking doubt about it. I'm about to do an episode after this one on that exact topic. Quote, the Delta variant of the coronavirus seems to be much more contagious, even for those who are vaccinated than initially thought, she said. But vaccines work. <laughs> the caucus in recent days has met with Vice President Kamala Harris and other lawmakers on Capitol Hill in an effort to push Congress to pass federal voting laws, though she confirmed cases have prompted the delegation to make adjustments for how to continue having such conversations. Harris has since tested negative for the virus, though others, including White House officials and staffers for the U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat from California, have tested positive after the staff member helped the delegation around the Capitol last week. According to Axios, blessed be thy name in some cases, at the news conference later Tuesday, State Rep. Chris Turner, who chairs the caucus, said... The group likely would not be aware of the confirmed cases had members not been preactively testing for the coronavirus. Quote, if we were not preactively testing or proactively testing, we probably would not have even known about it, he said. Turner also said there was not an update yet on the potential meeting of President Joe Biden on, or whether the confirmed cases had dimmed the caucus chances of meeting with president with the president in person. Well, considering how old Joe Biden is, you probably shouldn't even risk it. I have another article after this, which is equally fun. "Quote: Obviously, we would welcome the opportunity to visit the president virtually," Turner said. Now, are you ready for the real goofy part? And by the way, add. Let's see, what do I have the settings for this? Give me one second. So naturally. What do you think Kamala Harris does after her big meeting with all these Democrats from Texas who keep testing positive more and more by the day? And by the way, 
I don't have anything to confirm this, but I have heard rumor that there have been upwards of nine people actually hospitalized, so don't worry. I have a fun little article about something like this. This is from the New York Post. Oh, sorry, let me finish the question. What do you think Kamala Harris did after she met with all these COVID people? Nah, nah, nah. If you're thinking she went and got COVID tested, no, 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 she does. She didn't do that. Why would she? I mean, she's only working closely with the oldest U.S. president in history. While people she was closely in a confined space with keep testing positive for COVID-19 and the Delta variant, despite being fully vaccinated. She has no need to get a fucking uh, COVID shot. but Or, I mean, a, a COVID test done to her. Or go to the hospital and make sure she's fine. No, no, no. But Harris gets a routine checkup instead, is what she says. I went for a routine checkup. What am I talking about? Let's read this article and find out, baby. The New York Post published July 18th, four days after the initial meeting, mind you. If you've been following the dates along properly, it's been four days since she had her meeting. And everyone started coming down with COVID over the last days in between and after this. Harris gets routine checkup after meeting with COVID-infected Texas Democrats. This article from the New York Times, from the, from the New York Post, my bad, by Mark Moore, July 18th, 2021, at 4.28 p.m. <clears throat> Vice President Kamala Harris is going to Walter Reed Medical Center. Oh, look, the hospital Trump went to and beat the fuck out of COVID in just barely three days. He whooped its ass, man. That dude may be old as fuck himself and fat and loves fast food and out of shape, but holy shit, does he have the energy of the gods and the immune system to go with it? Four day, three days. It was like three and a half days, right? Like he said he tested negative for COVID-19 on day two, but they kept him in for like, you know, more time just to make sure that he was actually okay. He was walking around the hospital in good spirits, shaking people's hands, signing shit, saying hi to people and whatnot. He was fine. It was insane. Anyway, to the article, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to Walter Reed Medical Center for a, quote, routine doctor's appointment on Sunday after coming in contact with last week with three Democratic lawmakers from Texas who tested positive for the coronavirus, according to Fox News. The news of her trip to the hospital in Bethesda, I'm not sure what MD, which state MD is, sorry. Just outside the nation's capital came, as she tweeted, quote, The Delta variant is no joke. Get vaccinated. Remember how she was saying, uh, why am I saying, do you remember? I can just show you the clip. Remember how Kamala Harris was going around saying, I'm not getting the vaccine. No, no I'm not taking the Trump vaccine. I'm not taking that. Now she's like, you need to get it. Get the vaccine, you little bitch. Do it. Kamala... I won't take the vaccine. All right. Like how she's saying here, quote, the Delta variant is no joke. Get vaccinated. Let's see what her tune was before she got into the office of vice president. You know, after this obnoxious TikTok ad of a fucking hippo playing in the water. I'm never downloading TikTok. Senator Harris to me. Um, For life to get back to normal. Dr. Anthony Fauci and other experts say that most of the people who can be vaccinated need to be vaccinated. But half of Americans now say they wouldn't take a vaccine if it was released now. If the Trump administration approves a vaccine before or after the election, should Americans take it and would you take it? 
if the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should that we should take it, I'm not taking it. Vice President Pence, there have been a lot of repercussions from this pandemic. In recent days, the president's diagnosis of COVID-19 has underscored the importance of the job that you hold. Well, that's funny because Trump is the one going around saying, take the vaccine. It's my vaccine. It's the best vaccine. It was a miracle of science. They said it couldn't be done in nine months, but it's done in nine months. Get the jab. It's the best jab. The best needles. The best doctors. Fauci approves. Get the vaccine. Uh... And now she's going to tell you, telling everybody to go get it. Now let me tell you, if Kamala Harris and Joe Biden tell me to get the vaccine, I absolutely won't take it. <laughs> Bitch. Into the article! Mm. Harris met with Lone Star State Democrats last Wednesday and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, I mean Chuck Schumer, in his Capitol Hill office. <laughs> uh... Simon Sanders, her spokeswoman, said the Veep did not come into close contact with the ill lawmakers. They were all in the same confined, closed room at the same square table, barely six feet apart from one another. No one was masked up. Yes, she fucking was. And your article earlier even said that she was in the meeting with these COVID-positive lawmakers. The, the beginning of this article literally talks about that. Mmm. Uh, quote, based on the timeline of these positive tests, it was determined the vice president and her staff uh, staff present, present at the meeting were not at risk of exposure because they were not in close contact with those who tested positive and therefore did not need to be tested or quarantined. Yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, she wants to be president. If anything, this keeps her from having to push Joe Biden down this fucking set of stairs. I mean, I'm sure by now she would have already pushed him down the stairs if she didn't find out it kind of works in reverse where he rolls back up the fucking stairs. Because when Joe Biden falls downstairs, he falls up them bitches. And it just doesn't work for her. Because what's she going to do? Push him up the stairs and watch him roll back down? It just doesn't fucking work. <clears throat> you not need to be quarantined. Sanders said Saturday, nothing that Harris and her staff had had all been... Sorry. Sanders said Saturday, nodding that Harris and her staff have all been vaccinated. Her office did not immediately respond to questions from Fox News about whether she was ex uh, if she was exhibiting symptoms. Chris Turner, chairman of the Texas House Democrat Caucus, said Saturday that the three unnamed members, by the way, it's six now, would self-quarantine for 10 days. It should be 14 days. One of them experiencing mild symptoms of COVID-19. The Texas Democrat, the Texas Democrats walked out of the state's House of Representatives last Monday and flew aboard two chartered flights to Washington, D.C. And if you look at these pictures, they're all close contacts, thumbs up and smiling, making goofy fucking faces, and this ugly bitch in the front face with a big old fat red face and the glasses, her ugly ass, and the old cunt next to her, who, by the way, is the Donna bitch who tested positive in the last article. No masks, all close-quartered, smiling, huddling up for a fucking photo. Goddamn. They're in a big disease can, quite frankly, a couple thousand feet off the ground. 
self-quarantine for 10 days, one of them experiencing mild symptoms of COVID-19. The Texas Democrats walked out of the State House of Representatives last Monday and flew aboard a two charter flights to Washington, D.C. to scuttle a Republican-backed election reform bill by depriving the chamber of a quorum. While in Washington to wait out the special legislative session called by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, the Democrats met with congressional lawmakers to press them to approve the For the People Act. And the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Oh, yeah, named after the guy who turned his big funeral into a fucking soapbox meeting where you're just like, eh, eh, the Republicans are evil. I know we're here to gather in grief for our friend and colleague in Congress and Senate, but I'm Barack Obama, and I'm going to remind you that I was a president for eight years. I'm going to tell you how evil and racist this country is, even though I was elected twice. America is so evil and racist that I was elected and this black motherfucker in this coffin here was elected too. What an evil racist country. And I want to pass the fucking virtue signal on to Sheila Jackson. Another elected black person because this country is so fucking racist. And you see, Ocasio-Cortez is here. She's also not white. But she was elected twice. What a racist fucking country. Seriously, nigga, does Michael have your balls in a jar? I'm just fucking curious, my nigga. Are you for fucking real, dog? Get the fuck out of here. The fuck? Mm. I'm like salty crack with a foul language. Anyway, while in Washington to await the special legislative session called by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, the Democrats met with congressional lawmakers to... Press them to approve the For the People's Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. The Democrats also walked out of the State House on May 3rd in the final hours for a regular legislative session before a vote on the election legislation, leaving the chamber short of the required numbers of lawmakers to conduct a vote. The Texas Democrats have been slammed by Republicans for running away from their duties to represent their constituents. And Abbott has threatened to have them arrested when they return to Texas in August. Oh, hey, it's August now. Correction. They were not told to downplay a COVID outbreak all across the Capitol and what non-DC from these sexist rats. But federal whistleblower says DHHS direct, directed them to downplay COVID-19 outbreak in Texas migrant facility. That's what I was thinking of. Let's just get through this article real quick before I get to my final article on this exact topic, folks. Two whistleblowers have accused the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services of instructing them to downplay the severity of the coronavirus outbreak in the Texas migrant facility. Consider this a continuation of the last episode before last. I forgot I did that Chris Chan thing, which is I might have to revisit that. Oh, my God. The shit has come out since then. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, and this article is from Human Events, written by Human Events staff, July 30th, 2021. Author Perlinstein, a director for the Federal Medication and Consolation Service, and Lauren Reinhold, an attorney advisor, advisor at the Social Security Administration, sent complaint to four congressional committees and government watchdogs on Wednesday per Daily Mail, per the Daily Mail, which is a news outlet, not like Gmail. But anyway, you know what I mean. The outbreak spread among migrant children at Fort Bliss Emergency Intake Site between April and June. The allegations describe, quote, hundreds of children contracting the disease and overcrowded in the overcrowded conditions, which eventually spread to many of its employees. Quote, 
Every effort was made to downplay the degree of COVID-19 infections at the site. And the size of the outbreak was deliberately kept under wraps, Perlstein and Reinhold wrote. Both whistleblowers worked as volunteers at the site. Quote, adequate masks were not consistently provided to children, nor was their use consistently enforced, they added. The site manager allegedly called for the use of masks, called the use of masks, quote, unnecessary for the infected. According to, the, according to a recent court filing, there were more than 327 COVID-positive children in medical isolation as of June 12. Several children were hospitalized, according to the facility. Unfortunately, the allegations don't stop here. The children of the faci- facility also face shortages of clothing, underwear, and socks. Oh, but Joe Biden, I thought keeping kids housed in conditions like these were inhumane and evil. Isn't that what you bashed Trump for when you were debating him the first and second time? After all, who built the fucking cages, Joe? Carol fucking Baskin, by the way. She built the fucking cages. (laughs) Uh, When the whistleblowers informed those in charge that they they were told that, quote, shipments hadn't come in yet. One manager said, quote, we are aware there is a shortage of underwear and socks and shoes and and the management knows. Perlinstein and Reinhold personally spent hundreds of dollars on their own money on items for the children in efforts to help provide, to help improve their stay at these facilities. They also detained witnesses, witnessed, or sorry, they also detailed witnessing cases of sexual assault from other, from other, and other, sorry, let me rephrase that, or let me reread that. They also detailed witnessing cases of sexual assault and other forms of mistreatment by staff to the children. It's almost like this administration was friends with Epstein or something. I'm just saying. And by the way, those pictures that Biden and his campaign used to bash Trump with like kids sleeping in dirt and shit at these migrant facilities. Yeah, that was actually in like 2012 and 2014. I believe specifically 2014 when a, a certain dumb fuck with goofy ears went up certain dumb fuck who speaks like this was in office at the, uh, at the, at the, uh, um, um, the teleprompter seems to have frozen. Michelle, get on in here. And this article is from our friends over at Fox News. Published July 20th. Vaccinated Pelosi and Biden aides are testing positive for COVID. Pelosi aides had contact with a delegation that fled Texas that also contracted COVID-19. Who's this article by? By Marcia Schultz. The article begins, A spokesperson for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi tested positive Monday for coronavirus following the meeting last week with members of the Texas legislator who fled the state for Washington, D.C. Drew Hamill, a top aide, for, top aide to Pelosi, said, the unidentified staff member was fully vaccinated and did not have recent contact with the top California Democrat, though the Speaker's office is taking extra precautions as a result. Quote, Yesterday, a fully vaccinated senior spokesperson for the Speaker's press office tested positive for coronavirus or for COVID after contact with members of the Texas State Legislature last week. Hamill said in a statement obtained by Fox News, Here's the funny thing. Kamala Harris 
was in that room with all those fucking people, six of them who have tested positive for COVID-19, mind you. And she immediately, the next day, I don't know if you remember this, she was on stage in the Senate sitting right next to fucking Pelosi, unmasked, fucking breathing next to her. So it doesn't matter that these aides weren't in contact with fucking Nancy Pelosi, but Kamala Harris, her fucking self, was. She's also been in contact with Joe Biden. Huh. I'm gonna take your job, Joe. Uh, you're gonna get COVID, and I'm gonna be President Joe. I did it, Joe. I did it without pushing you down the stairs, Joe. Fucking clank, dog. Clank. I don't know how this dog's sleeping through my loud ass right now, but she's just over here snoring like a little baby. Yeah, good girl. A little ear twitch. Anyway, into this fucking hilarious article. <clears throat> Let me just read this part over again. Drew Hamill, a top aide to Pelosi, said the unidentified staff members were fully vaccinated and did not have recent contact with the top California Democrat. Though the Speaker's office is taking extra precautions as a result. Quote, yesterday, a fully vaccinated senior spokesperson for the Speaker's press office. Well, hi. Well, bye. Press office tested positive for COVID-19 after contact with members of the Texas State Legislature last week. Hamill said in a statement obtained by Fox News, the sixth Democrat, the sixth Texas Democrat comes down with COVID-19 and is isolated. Quote, the individual has had no contact with speaker with the speaker since exposure. The entire press office is working remotely today, with the exception of individuals who have had no exposures to the individuals or have had a recent negative test. Our office will continue to follow the guidelines of the office of attending physical physicians closely. Here's the thing. How many of these people who haven't worked directly exposed in that fucking meeting with these people have had, like, meetings outside, like, you really expect me to believe that they have had no contact, right? Right? Like it says here, individuals have who, sorry, this individual has had no contact with the speaker since exposure, but I'm sure this person has had contact with people who have had contact with the speaker of house since their exposure, and considering most diseases take 10 to 14 days to just stay inside of a person, Hmm. And the entire press office is working remotely today with exceptions to individuals who have had no exposures to the individuals who have recently tested who have recently tested. Now, you don't think they've had meetings off to the side? You don't think they've passed each other in the halls before this all became public and they knew they had COVID? Bullshit. There is a whole cover-up going on. And I know I couldn't... I, I know I misunderstood an article that I read earlier. Or I didn't misunderstand it. I misremembered what the article was talking about when it said they were told to downplay outbreaks of COVID. At the same time... Dude, how many people do you think have had contact with these people before it was publicly known that they had COVID and they're just keeping their fucking mouth shut? And they're going to work like normal every fucking day. Don't you sit there and tell me it's impossible. And this is a tweet right here from Kelly. Oh, sorry. Let me get a little ahead of myself. The article continues. On Tuesday, Pelosi and her staff were spotted wearing masks again at the Capitol following a loosening of mask restrictions by the Capitol physician. Many members have opted against masks in recent weeks. 
This tweet video is from Kellen Fraze at Kellen Fraze. Speaker Pelosi did not respond to questions on if she would accept the GOP leader's picks to serve on the January 6th selected committee. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. <laughs> I'll play the video anyway. Maybe she does say something. For the select committee. Will you approve Jim Jordan to be on the committee? Well, for the select committee. Why is this video here in this fucking article? It has nothing to do with what we're talking about or what this article is fucking talking about. So, uh, thanks, twat. The fuck, fo what the fuck, Fox? Just want an unrelated ass video here? Fuck off. When asked about her COVID positive staffer Tuesday, Pelosi said, quote, I'm sorry he has it. Ah, oh, is a he, though. I'm sorry he has it. All the more reasons for us to be vaccinated as he was. Oh, it's a shame that he got sick. Well, we need more people to get vaccinated just like he was when he got sick. Ugh. Let me just quote. I'm sorry he has it. All the more reason for us to all be vaccinated as he was. Wear a mask and take every precaution. She said any decision to bring masks back... She said any decision to bring masks back full-time to the House of Representatives, quote, will be up on the Capitol Hill position. She literally said we need to start arrest. She told the Capitol Hill police to arrest people who weren't wearing masks. And then she walks on the Capitol not wearing fucking masks. I'll read that article now that I've talked about it. Ugh. A White House official confirmed to Fox News the staffer who, was tested, who tested positive for COVID-19 on Monday outside the White House grounds and has remained off-site awaiting a confirmatory PCR test. The White House medical unit conducted a contact tracing and determined the staffer had, quote, no close contact among White House principals and staff. Quote, we know that there will be a breakthrough, be breakthrough cases, but as the instant shows, cases of vaccinated individuals are typically mild, a White House official told Fox. Quote, the White House is prepared for breakthrough cases and with regular testing. This is another reminder of the uh, efficiency of the co effectivity or fuck of the efficiency of the COVID-19 vaccines against severe illness or hospitalizations. We wish our colleagues a speedy recovery. The news of breakthrough cases come after the six member after six members of the Texas delegation tested positive for the coronavirus after leaving the state's capital and coming to Washington D.C. last week in an attempt to thwart a special legislative session where Republicans seek to pass a new election reforms. Vice President Kamala Harris met with the members of the Texas delegation last Tuesday, but she since tested negative for COVID-19. Remember, she got the test the day after, and it takes 14, 10 to 14 days for a disease to fully manifest in someone. Uh, that's why when you go to the doctors and you get really sick, they're like, well, who have you had contact with over the last, in the last two weeks? That's why they're asking you specifically in the last two weeks. 14 days, bitch. Anyway. Uh, but she has since tested negative for COVID-19. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Psaki. 
confirmed on Monday, quote, I think the vice president's office put out that she was tested and there was no detection of COVID-19, Saki said, quote, there will also be, there will, they will, they also put out some specific details about their proximity to the individual who tested positive as well. We take these precautions incredibly seriously and abide by the guidelines of our medical experts. Fox News, Aaron McQual, Aaron McKean, McQueen, and Kelly Fraze, Kelly Fraze, and Tom uh, Tom Barbe contributed to this report, and that is the end of that particular article. This next article from Yahoo News. Oh, yeah, this one's structured funky. Okay, Governor Abbott vows Texas Dems will be arrested upon return to the state. Published by Caroline Downey, July 13th, 2021. Greg Abbott is the 48th governor of Texas, by the way. Republican Texas Governor Abbott can... And is he really a Republican? This guy is about as much of a Republican as John fucking Roberts. And they actually kind of talk alike, too. I think the whole reason you've seen Abbott fucking half-ass reattach his sack to his body. I mean, you have to be honest. Nothing below the waist works on that fucking guy, right? So maybe his balls, maybe he woke up one day with a boner and was like, Whoa! Ooh, testosterone! Or maybe he just felt a little left out when everybody was like, Man, this run to send this guy is great. Make America Florida. And he was like, I want people to say nice things about me, too. And then he started doing shit. Well, it took him, like, what, 80% of his fucking first term as governor? Jesus. Anyway, let's go into the article. Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott confirmed Monday that the absent Democratic lawmakers who defected from the legislative session in a protest walkout will be arrested upon their return to the state. During an appearance on the Ingram Angle on Fox News, the governor slammed the legislators who fled the state to deny the Texas GOP quorum or the minimum number of members required to conduct the session. The Democrats walked out to prevent the advancement of a key election reform measure, which includes limits on 24-hour early voting and mass mail-in ballot distribution, and more requirements for absentee ballots and identifications. Abbott said that the Texas House members can call the call. F- Sorry, Abbott said the Texas House members can call for the arrest of their Democratic counterparts who ditched the vote, claiming they're dis- disrupting the legislative process when they have a duty to be rep- to represent their constituent in the chamber quote once they step back in this state we will they will be arrested and brought back to the capitol and we will continue conducting business he said i was either going to go into it or not he has on multiple occasions just reheld these sessions we'll just sat around chilling like okay well hey we were doing this so we just add on more and more punishment for when they get here anyway Back to the article. However, the arrest must be made in Texas. The Democrats deserted a special session for the legislator, which can last a maximum of 30 days under the state's constitution. So the lawmakers 
may may remain out of the state for weeks if they plan to uphold the walkout. This episode marks the second time the Texas Democrats have obstructed and orchestrated a walkout over the election bill, which they argue is voter suppression, a voter suppression mechanism designed to disenfranchise minorities and underprivileged communities from exercising their right to vote. But, given a Republican-dominated Texas legislator, the opposing party can only stall the majority-backed legislative for so long. Avid signaled that the Texas GOP is prepared to pull all legislative avenues to pass the bill despite Democrats' obstruction. Quote, We have a special session that lasts 30 days, Abbott said, and the government calls them, and the governor calls them, and I will continue calling special sessions. They're going to talk about special sessions after special session after special session, because over time it is going to continue until they step up to vote. In lieu of attending sessions, and that's end quote, by the way, in lieu of attending sessions, the Texas Democratic lawmakers flew to Washington, D.C. in private jets to lobby the federal government. Abbott said in a statement that their decision to, quote, inflict harm on the very Texans who elected them to serve them as they fly across the country on a cushy private plane or on cushy private planes, they leave undone issues that can help their districts and our state, he wrote, quote, the Democrats must put aside partisan political games like this and get back to the job they were elected to do. End of the article. Let me make sure I, I gave credit. Yep. Uh, Caroline Downey wrote this article on July 13th, 2021. Now, as we come towards the end of this episode, I must take you now to a message from the President of the United States of America, Joseph R. Biden. What? What must be what? What must be what? What must be That has been a word from the President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. And he's squeaky clean behind. Now, one last word from our sponsor for today's episode. And then I'll conclude this episode with my final thoughts. Cause she spread like the COVID. She was only 19. When she came, she exploded. Like you never seen. She spread like the COVID. I knew she probably worked. She was a devil in a tube top.